0: Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. I am thrilled today to be joined in studio by two of my very favorite people, and we're going to do something a little bit different than we usually do, and that is Jesse, my husband, and Catherine, our 14-year-old daughter, are going to talk about their very recent trip to South Africa, and by very recent, I mean you just got off the plane, what, two days ago?
1: I we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, we got off the plane on Monday morning.
0: That's yep. right. So, We actually haven't had a chance to really debrief the trip. We've Mm -hmm. done it in little bits and pieces there, but I'm excited to get to hear kind of the whole story of how it all went down and how it was for you. So let's start at the beginning with, I'd love to hear both of you talk about why you went to South Africa. So Jesse, you want to start?
1: Sure. Well, I'm I'm on the board of Take Action, a local ministry there in in South Africa, and I went to be in person, in country, uh, at a board meeting that we had this year. So I wanted to make sure that we got that in before the end of the year, and Catherine really wanted to go this year because uh, she hasn't been as long as she went last year, but she always loves to go, so we can talk about that. But I wanted to be able to give her an opportunity to come as well, and it was over her fall break, so it worked out.
0: I was going to ask you, Catherine. So from your perspective, why did you go? Because initially, Jesse, you were just planning to go. Right. Because usually we go as a family, but this year, because of me being pregnant, we just had decided that, well, actually before even we found out that I was pregnant, I just didn't have a peace about going this year. And so we just planned that you were just going to go. And it was weird because I love South Africa. And it was so weird for me to just not have this peace about going. So you were just planning to go. And then obviously we found out I was pregnant. So we're like, Mm -hmm. okay, (laughs) that's clearly why I didn't have a piece about it. But Catherine, you were the one that said you wanted to go. Yeah. I really
2: enjoy anytime I get to go, I take that. I want to take that chance and get to spend time with the people there, see what the ministry has been doing and just be able to spend time and learn about the culture
0: and
1: you kind of soak up the experience with the kids, don't you?
0: Yes, definitely. And this was your third time to go? Yes. And how old were you the first time that you went?
2: Uh, I would have to say either 9 or 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe 11.
0: Because we skipped one year, I think. Yes. So I think you were 9 or 10. And the first time you went, I feel like you were pretty apprehensive about the whole thing. Oh, very. And I think... One of the things you were most apprehensive of was the flight. Is that correct? Yes.
2: I was really scared of the long flight. The unknowing of how it was going to go was really freaky to me. And I was just worried about—I kept thinking of all the bad things that could happen. On the plane or just yeah, in general? Yeah. Well. Just in general, It
1: didn't help that you and your sister would get on and look about (laughs) airplane incidents before we even got on the airplane.
0: Yeah, that wasn't a great thing. (laughs) You like to watch YouTube big jetliner crashes or all the things that could go wrong. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a great thing
0: whenever you fly a lot. No, it's not. And talk about the flight because it's not your typical just little two-hour flight, is Mm -hmm. it?
2: Yeah, so... It what was the first one 16 hours?
1: Yeah, it was 16 hours. Uh, no, no, the flight there?
2: The first flight that we the very first time we went to South Africa? Which one do you want me to talk about?
1: Well, let's Actually t- they've all been about the same.
2: Well, the la- the one before my second time going, we had a 19-hour flight because remember
0: we stopped? Right. Yes, cuz we did South African Airways. Yes. The first time we did The Delta flight, Mm -hmm. which is 15 to 16 hours straight from Atlanta, which is really nice because a lot of times when you're traveling internationally, you're actually going to have two 10 to 12 hour flights plus another flight. So it ends up being a much longer day. So,
1: And usually you have a long layover.
0: So I prefer just get on the plane and get there, even though it feels like you're on the plane for forever. But the South African Airways is, is... from well I've done it from DC and then didn't we do it where did we do it from last time DC Okay so both times we did it from DC mm-hmm. And that one is you're on the plane for 18 to 19 hours but it stops in West Africa
1: Right it's basically halfway to West Africa then you finish the second half
0: But you after, can't get off in right, West Africa you stay on the plane
1: and getting refueled and
0: But this time you flew Delta and as far as I could tell because I didn't even help you pack or anything. I talked about this on Instagram. I went up to your room the night before, and you had your list all written out, and you had everything all planned. There was nothing that you needed my help with. I said on Instagram, I guess my my job here on Earth is Catherine's mom is done, because she can pack herself for an international trip all by herself.
2: I think there was one thing that I forgot. I cannot remember what it was, again, apparently, but... I forgot one thing and then I was not happy that I forgot it, so. But you can't remember what you forgot. Yeah, so I don't (laughs) know if it was that
0: needed,
1: but. Well, I didn't even, I thought, I was going to say that (gasps) there wasn't anything that you lacked, so.
0: Yeah. You did a great job of, and I felt like you weren't as worried or stressed about the flight this time. Yeah, we didn't
2: talk about it much leading up to the flight, and I feel like, I didn't really have as much time to mentally prepare. And that that was why I wasn't as stressed
0: about it. And Maybe you didn't watch as many videos of planes crashing ahead of time, too. I didn't really watch any videos. So I think that definitely helped. And Jesse, for you, the flight has been something that those long international flights Mm -hmm. have been something that have caused a lot of anxiety for you.
1: Oh, definitely. Especially when we're in the middle of a flight. Thinking the process of being over the water and there not being a place to land, things like that. The
0: thing you have to do is you have to pretend that you're just flying over land and there's a runway right there. If, if I start thinking about it, then I start getting more get stressed. Chair. That's well, why if- I always sit where there's no window. I, we, we always book the middle aisle seats because I don't want to be reminded of what's going on underneath the plane. I don't even know if you could see the water.
1: Because I never you? looked you, out the window. You had a window seat. Uh,
0: I looked out a couple she, times.
1: You did quite a bit. It was,
2: it was cloudy, and usually whenever I looked out. yeah. So so you
1: could well, but plus anyway. they have video monitors. And every other person is looking at the map. So you can't yeah. help but you just see don't look, the not You just don't that, look
0: at those <laughs> either. It's kind of like when you get blood drawn. You just go into your happy place and you just don't look at it. And then you don't think about it. Anyway. So then once you got there, mm-hmm. talk about what were some of the things that you did, kind of some of the highlights of the trip?
1: We really enjoyed spending time with our friends that are there. Mm-hmm. And each time we go, it feels more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, that we could spend longer period of time there. So we enjoyed spending time at their house. We went to a couple of different centers that they work with. Uh, one that we go to every time we go out there. So we're very familiar with it. And it's just fun to be able to see the transition from the first time that we went to now, it's just totally changed. You wouldn't recognize it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, seeing just the love that they have for the kids and how well the kids are taken care of and how joyful they are. And it's just, it's amazing when you're there, how little they have yet, how joyful they are.
0: And talk about for those people who aren't familiar with take action, what do they do at these centers?
1: They help, they come alongside the centers. The centers have to work with the government and try to get their uh, various uh, approvals and certificates for taking care of the children. And the, and take action comes alongside them and works with them to help get those things done. And t- if they need restrooms, uh, f- facilities put in, they get donations and help facilitate those being constructed. We
0: we should talk about. You said restroom. Might like, people are probably picturing these nice like three stall bathrooms. And Sometimes there
1: are three stalls, maybe four
0: outside with a. Those,
1: they're actually really cool units.
0: They're but, very cool units, but it's not what we in the U.S. would think of as they're a like restroom
1: three outhouses. You know, put together on side by side.
0: And they have these really cool systems where, cause they don't have a sort of sewage Mm-mm. system. So they have to it's like all, have it it's where all
1: self-contained. it
0: all is like recycled and I don't really understand how it works, but it's super cool how it's set yeah. up so that it doesn't smell and it doesn't accumulate. They don't have to clean mm-hmm. it out. It's this really cool, like echo friendly sort of setup, at least for some of them that they have. Right.
1: And that's the, what they're putting in, you know, from here on out. But they do have to take care of them a little bit. But they also have some other buildings that they've been building, a large outbuilding for the school rooms, for the kitchens, because the kitchens have to have certain certain amenities to them. And they have to have fire extinguishers, things like that. So Take Action kind of helps them go through the process of getting everything that they need to get approval.
0: And then at these centers they're not they're not orphanages they're not actually they're not, housing mm-hmm. the children.
1: Sometimes the kids are being dropped off by parents or they come after school as for after school care. The students that are really young that aren't yet going to school, they some of them have kindergarten classes there and some they have preschool classes there.
0: And a lot of what these centers are doing is because they're in these areas where there are a lot of child-headed households. Mm-hmm. So these centers are providing basically a community for these children to come right. to to keep them off the streets. Mm-hmm. So they come there and they learn. They have after-school educational types of help and programs and games and sports and activities and they're teaching them
1: health is huge
0: yes all sorts of hygiene because these kids i remember the first time we went to the centers especially one of the centers that they hadn't done a lot with to help there was just trash everywhere Mm -hmm. and they told me that the kids had not ever had a parent to teach them to pick up their trash, they didn't know to do that. So they just throw the trash on the ground. Mm -hmm. We saw this in India too. The kids just throw the trash on the ground. And so there's just trash everywhere. And it's because it's those little things that when you aren't parented, when you don't have examples set before you, when you don't know basic hygiene skills, like kids aren't just gonna naturally know Mm -hmm. to do that. They're not gonna naturally know, oh, don't drink water that's not clean. Don't eat food. That's food. That's not rotten or something like They right. just, or they won't know that type of thing. Um, and so they have to be taught that. Mm-hmm. And so the second time then that we went, that particular center was, there was the trash was all cleaned up. It looked amazing. And it was incredible. And they'd been working really hard with those kids to teach them. And so it's little things like that, but then it's also big things that it's character and leadership and those types mm-hmm. of things. But you have to start on the ground floor with, Making sure that they have nutritious food mm-hmm. because a lot of these kids are not going to eat anything that is remotely nutritious without the help from the centers. And so, Catherine, I know you got to actually be there when they were feeding them the jam mm-hmm. porridge. Yeah, and you got to eat that with them. Can you talk about talk about what that was like? Uh, the jam porridge they
2: come in these big bags, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they give out these bowls, and it's like. Grainy
0: oatmeal type thing with like a little bit sweetened. That's I don't think the, I've that's ever the t- t- the consistency. I've never yeah. tried it before, so it it just did it taste kind of like mush, or did it have like, some consistency like oatmeal?
2: More, it's very hard to describe. I would say uh, cream of wheat mm-hmm. type thing, uh, but a little bit more grainy. Mm-hmm.
1: It's ma- a maize based, like a corn based yeah. porridge.
0: And JAM stands for Joint Aid Management. And they work with jam, which is joint aid management Mm -hmm. to get this porridge for really inexpensive. And they can only, I think only the most vulnerable children qualify for it, but then they come every day at these centers to get this usually in the morning before school, because otherwise they wouldn't eat anything.
1: The, The centers come and they pick up the jam porridge from the distribution center for take action. And... What The jam porridge is designed to to give the kids a complete and nutritious meal. And some of them, it's the only meal that they get during the day.
0: And I think they said it provides 80%, if I remember correctly, 80% of the vitamins and nutrients that a child needs in a day. I think it's complete. I think it's all all of it. it? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what we were talking about while we were there in the car. So one bowl of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, I can't remember how many children, but there's a certain percentage, and the, ch- the child has to qualify for it based upon their housing, living conditions, and that sort of thing. But it's hundreds of children, I believe, that every day are coming to the different centers and yes. getting this. And so, Catherine, you got to join in this time. <laughs> yeah. I've never even gotten to try it, so I've just seen it. So, Catherine, for you, what was something that was like one of your highlights of the trip?
2: I would have to say, well, I was a little bit tired. The I was actually very tired the first center that we went to. But I kind of like got out of my shell. And the second center that we went to, I really, I, I got to talk to a lot more of the kids. And I was able to play games with them. And we were able to talk. And that's where I had the jam porridge. And it felt a lot like the last time that we went. But it was it was very hard for me to really be fully there, kind of, because it was I was just so exhausted. But I felt like the second day
0: was quite how, a bit.
1: How was it communicating?
0: Yeah. Communicating. Oh. Because it seemed um, like the, some of the kids were older this time. It seemed like you were with older kids.
2: So it was very hard to communicate with them because they know English, and a lot of them know it very well and can understand it very well. But for me, personally, I couldn't understand them very well. I wasn't used to their accents. And so I could understand them like 50% of the time. But usually I had to ask them to repeat words. But
0: they could understand me pretty much all the time. And I wonder if that's because I know in India it was that they, they watch YouTube But I wonder if they're, if they, if some, because a lot of them have TVs, even if they have dirt floors and no food, they will have a, somebody like in the neighborhood will have a TV. And I'm wondering if they're watching shows that are in English and with like American English and that's why they can understand it. I don't know. know. Because it seems that is, is interesting.
1: But it is really, it's amazing how smart these kids are. Mm. I mean, there are, what was it? 11 Official languages mm-hmm. in South Africa. Oh, yeah, and one of the guys, Maybe it's
0: thirteen. I don't remember
1: for sure. One of the guys that works with us at Take Action is from these neighborhoods, and he knows eleven of the thirteen, or all, all thirteen, or, or all of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's. Amazing. I remember
0: last time we were there, and I was talking with him. Just so impressed. He's so impressive, and he's read so widely. And he just, oh, he's a voracious reader. Yes, and. I was asking him about the languages and then he looks at me, how many languages do you know? I was like, one. He's like, why you live in America, you have so much access to so much education and you know, one language. I was like, yeah. And I think it's just, it's so humbling to see how they have so little and yet they take such great advantage Mm -hmm. of the little that they have and use it to their fullest. Whereas like me, there are so many different apps and things. That I could learn a different language, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I know one language. Yep. You know, and so it just it's humbling, Catherine. For you, I was wondering: is was there anything that felt different for you on this trip?
2: Something that was a little bit different was we got to see, like we got to go to this show, and it was it was in where was it the like the Lego convention that we went to in Pretoria In Pretoria, I got to see a lot more of Pretoria mm-hmm. and usually we would just go to the centers and experience, like experience all of that. Whereas this time I got to experience more of Pretoria and uh, see that side of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And usually we'd just go uh, over to the centers and spend time with the kids there. And it was just a little bit different to get that, Mm-hmm.
1: Sort of it's it really a study in contrast. Yes. Because Pretoria is a big city. It's the yeah. capital of South Africa. And where we went, we went down like Embassy Row and we saw some of the government buildings. And But comparing that then with Hammanskral, where the centers are that we went to, it was it's night and day.
0: Well, and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about working in South Africa is it is – There's so much opportunity there Mm -hmm. with like take action, helping create jobs and teaching entrepreneurial skills and providing opportunities. And then they can sell the things that they create
2: Mm -hmm.
0: in the big city at the craft markets and things like that. So there is actually money there in country, whereas in some other countries, they don't have that opportunity. You would have to export everything.
1: Yeah, sort of um they're being hit really hard economically right now Mm -hmm. and so one thing that i noticed was the the centers are getting hit really hard because there's no donations coming in Mm. but seeing what they're able to do with so little and the resourcefulness that they have and the stick-to-itiveness that they have you could see it in their faces Mm -hmm. that it was really hard and you, I mean, you could see it in everybody's faces that it was really hard, but they're really sticking with it because this is something that God has called them to do.
0: Well, and I think that it is like, that's one reason why we go a lot of times for people, it would seem like, well, shouldn't you just send the money that you would spend on plane tickets, just send them that money. Wouldn't that money go so much further? And on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, our physical presence mm-hmm. of being there, it does something that our money can never do because it's saying we're with you mm-hmm. in this because it's hard.
1: But but it, it also does something not only for them but for us as well. Oh, because yes. I mean it really ties our hearts to that project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, we could give the money that we spend on the plane tickets, but if we didn't if we weren't on the ground seeing what was going on, we wouldn't have that connection.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: just a transaction.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like one of the reasons why, you know, we don't call it a mission trip because it's not that. We're not going to serve. We're going to be with them. It's a Mm -hmm. relationship trip. And that's why we go and make it a priority to go. And it was so hard for me not to go this year to miss out on that because it's like, these are my friends. These Mm -hmm. are people that we're very invested in. And we have learned so much from them and to just get that experience of going and just seeing what they're doing and seeing their faith and seeing their trust in God Mm -hmm. and seeing how they're being so resourceful with the little that they have. Mm -hmm. It's just really incredible.
1: Well, I think of like our American friends that are down there. I mean— going from living stateside and then living there in Crawl, amongst where they have easy access to the centers that, that they were working with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they and they have two kids down there and the the kids are l- learning amazing things because they're living down there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, they just found two cobras in their house this past week and, you know, a little adventuresome there. I'm surprised <laughs> Catherine didn't see one when she was there, but... <laughs> Um, you know, it's just life experiences that you wouldn't have stateside.
0: Mm -hmm. Catherine, for you, how do you think that traveling to South Africa these three times, how has that impacted your life?
2: It's allowed me to learn a lot about other people's culture, and it's helped me to widen my view of how things work and how relationships are and how we can affect other people. Mm-hmm. And it's not only, sometimes we forget that, oh, there's these people in other countries that could be in such a worse situation that we are. And it just helps you to learn and to realize and to be grateful about the situation that you are in. And even if you are going through a difficult difficult trials that there's always going to be somebody who's in a worse situation. And you have to be thankful that you have to be thankful for everything that you have, because there could be somebody that doesn't have all that. They they're suffering, but you're not. What about for you, Jesse?
1: It does. It changes your, your mindset and broadens your worldview. And so often we tend to get centered over where we are. And our focus is on the here and now. And we lose sight of the fact that, yes, there are other people. Yeah, they may be suffering over there, but they're also, they don't know any different. For one, that's their world. But they're so full of joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And their lives are full. You don't need X, Y, and Z, these things to make our life easier to be joyful.
0: I think that we were just having this conversation with a group of women a couple of days ago, we were talking about how the things that we Americans complain about or find stressful. Mm -hmm. So many people, millions of people around the world would love to have our problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I have so much laundry to do, or my house is a mess, or there's just so much on my plate right now. And to think of like, We have so much opportunity. We have so many choices. The fact that we have laundry to do means we have clothes. We -hmm. have more than one set of clothes.
1: We have water to wash those clothes. We
0: have a washing machine and a dryer and electricity and clean water and soap. We don't have to go walk for miles to try to Mm -hmm. get a barrel of water and have to carry it back to our house. All these types of things, the fact that we have dishes to do, that we need to cook meals, it's like we have food mm-hmm. and we have options when we open up our cupboards. Somebody was saying the other day how, you know, she sometimes will just feel overwhelmed with what am I going to fix for dinner? And then she realizes the fact that she has choices of what to fix for dinner. Mm-hmm. What a huge blessing that is. And I think it's so easy for us to take things for granted. But I know the first time I came back from South Africa, I said, I can never complain about doing dishes and laundry again, ever, because what that signifies is I have so much to be grateful for. And we can look at that and forget. It's so easy for us to just get into our busy lives and forget the blessings that we have and so, I think that that's one thing for me. South Africa it just gives us fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, we learn that you don't need all that stuff mm-hmm. to be happy, to have this vibrant relationship with the Lord, with other people, to just love your life. Mm-hmm. Think of so many times when we've seen those kids just dancing and singing. You know, in there, in maybe they don't even have shoes, and it—you know—for us, it feels so hot or so mm-hmm. cold or whatever. And yet, they would never think of that. They're just so happy to be mm-hmm. at the center and to be with people and to be safe and to be able to just dance and smile and sing and have fun. And just the gifts that we have, and we, it's so easy for us to take them for granted. So I'm so glad that the two of you were able to go to South Africa. And I it was I think for me as a mom and as a wife, wanting so badly to be there, but then knowing I got to send my husband and my daughter in my stead and to see those pictures of you guys just loving on them there made me so happy. Catherine, did you have one more thing to say?
2: Uh yeah. So I would always hear things about other people talking about their international trips and how they were so changed by it and how they realize how grateful we should be and you know you don't really even think about it as much as you should until you actually experience it like mm-hmm. you see it in person and people listening might think the same thing like they'll think about it for a second and they'll think about how oh we should be more grateful for the things that we have but and I feel like having the experience and seeing these people's situations really gives you the appreciation and the realization about how you should be thankful and grateful and have joy even if in the struggles. And it's a very hard feeling to share if somebody hasn't experienced it for themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is for the longest time, we prayed as a family that we would be conduits. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, we can focus and say, yeah, we are more grateful because of the experience, but it also opens your eyes to what benefit and what effect that you can have and that we can have as a family to share those things and those blessings, at least monetarily, and time- that God has given to us. You know, God gives us these things so that we can share them with others. And how much little goes a long way. You know, very little amount of money can feed a child over there for a month. And we just don't realize how far our money can go.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's one reason why I'm so passionate about the work that I do on Money Saving Mom of helping people get their finances in better shape. Because it's not just about so that you can have more money or have nicer stuff. But ultimately, I hope to inspire people to become givers. Mm -hmm. Because I think for our family, the blessing that has come to us from living with our hands outstretched Mm -hmm. is far beyond what we could ever dream or imagine. And there's so much joy that comes from keeping your hands wide open. Than from holding your fist clenched. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at money mom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.